Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out more about our organization at action22.org. Now, here are your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Making Action Happen. I'm Sarah Blackhurst. And I'm Brian McCain. We have uh, a little bit different but a fun show for you today. We're not going to talk. Um, we're not going to talk politics. We're not going to talk redistricting. <laughs> we're done with it. Um, we, but we have with us today um, Karen Vogelsong from the Arts Alliance, the Pueblo Arts Alliance, and yes. um, we're getting ready to do um, the state fair. Yes. But before we get into that, I want. Will you tell us a little bit about you? how you came to be the director of the Pueblo Arts Alliance, and um, then we can talk a little bit about the fair, because there's been a whole lot of stuff. You've had to work pretty hard this last year or so. So how long have you been with the Arts Alliance? So I started with the Arts Alliance last March, right before COVID shut down. (laughs) (laughs) It was a funny time to change careers, but there there you go. So um, my history is in uh, studio dance, theater, and puppetry. And then that got me into teaching at college level. And then as art programs have dried up over the years, then I moved into teaching mythology classes. And um, then I was asked if I would be interested in helping to run this organization. And it was a good time for me to shift again. So I moved in this direction. Um, It's been really interesting through COVID to try to um, bring a lot of low-tech people into a high-tech platform, which I'm sure you guys don't have a problem with. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. <laughs> right? We only have 22 counties and hundreds of members to worry about. So, right. You have to spread, you have to get on that tech yeah, quick, yeah. right? But, but prior to this, a lot of the, um, especially like in the rural areas, you know, there wasn't broadband in a lot of areas uh, and people weren't used to it. But after about a year and a half of it, they're finally, you know, everybody seems to be caught up. Clicking on board. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, and then, so at this point, we're dealing with tech um, wariness, right? So yes. we got them all on board, and now they're kind of, ah, I don't want to go to another thing online. Zoom um, fatigue. Yes. Zoom fatigue. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Zoom fatigue. Um, and then, um, I guess the rest is history. I've been at the Arts Alliance now for a year, and I think I've kind of got my feet under me, though every once in a while, a strong wind will blow, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and I'm reevaluating that. Um, but we're creating partnerships in the community. Our Impact Youth Program is going forward. And I'm really excited for the Chili for Holy Festival this year also that that's going to happen. We have some neat things lined up. So are you guys a 501c3 or a 501c6? C3. Oh, so you're C3. Yes. So you do everything by donations and grants and all of that. Yes. That's how you do that. Yes. How many um, employees does the Arts Alliance have? Um, really, I'm the only one currently. <laughs> What's um, that like? <laughs> it's, it's really quiet in the office. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, but uh, we are looking to hire an innovation and outreach coordinator, and we think that'll be happening in uh, next week. Okay. So I'm very excited for that. Right. Um, and we do have some contract employees that do specific jobs for a specific amount of time or a specific purpose. Um, but basically it's me in the office and then I have a facilities coordinator that, um, tries to help keep 
one of the oldest buildings in Pueblo is still standing. Okay, yeah. so where is that building at? It's at 107 South Grand. Mm -hmm. um, and it used to be Fred's Paint. And then... Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. Right? And yes. we had a little bit of controversy because um, our bricks were starting to deteriorate and we had to have them fixed. Um, we were very lucky to get a historical grant to help do that. Yeah. But in the process, we lost Fred, mm -hmm. <laughs> who's been on the building for many, many oh, years. Yeah. And a lot of people were very upset about that. And we were sad, but we couldn't save him. We tried. Yeah. We couldn't save couldn't him. Save couldn't save Fred. Couldn't save Fred. And then we also own the um, old Betty's Costumes building. They're right on the same, oh, yeah. right yeah. there on City Center and Grand. So we have a lot of listeners from around the state and the country, and we have quite a few, a surprising number international. So if you don't know what she's talking about when we lost Fred, she doesn't actually mean that we lost a, a, a person, person, Fred. <laughs> no. But um, if you're in Pueblo or if you've been in Pueblo for any length of time, um, down on Grand, there was a bill, and it was this painting of this little dude mm -hmm. um fred and it was so that's what you're talking yes. about yes you, sorry i didn't mean to, <laughs> to mislead anybody no that's yeah. okay that's okay we're when you first said that i was like like you lost for anyway that's why I yes. was, so, so in the in the building graphic. right now um a few years ago i used to actually have a, a little studio up uh -huh. there when they first started doing that, cool. and we, we rented a little room. Is it still set up the same way where yes. they have the artist studios upstairs that you can rent out? Yes. And is it full of artists right now? Yes, currently we are full. Um, and we also have three small studios in, in the Art Hub, which would mm -hmm. be Betty's Costumes. Um, the basement we hope to renovate eventually, but we just got the, the um, architectural plans back, and we're looking at like $2.5 million wow. to open up the basement. So it's going to be longer project than we had hoped. Um, just the, the walls aren't, the ceilings aren't tall enough and there's no fire, um, you know, modern fire retardant or technology in there. So, so basically like every building down on Union Avenue and downtown yes. right yes. now. Yeah. I'm, I'm half convinced that we have mud on the rafters downstairs, dried mud, and I'm mm -hmm. half convinced that it's from the flood because I don't know how else it would have yeah. gotten there. Yeah, because really? that, that used to be um street level like where the basement was at mm -hmm. i think it's a little lower down where that building is but on union if you go you you walk up you can actually see door frames on the street that are like a foot or two above the street ah. and what that was is when the flood came it kind of buried everything down there so um ground level roads yeah yeah ah. so so even in a, a building a business that i used to own there on the patio there was a bank vault underneath it uh -huh. they just cemented over because they couldn't lift a giant <laughs> bank vault out and then um, the building next to it, if you went in their basement, there was a door to go into that area, but it was all bricked over. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Tell everybody about what flood you're talking about. The, the flood of uh, 21 here in Pueblo, where, which is the reason why we have the Arkansas levee right now, that came in and basically wiped out all of downtown. It raised the ground level up on Union and some of those areas, a good probably six or seven feet when they rebuilt. And a lot of the buildings that are historic, which um, we've been involved with, the Fuel and Iron building that they're renovating now and a few other projects down there, um, you know, those buildings lasted through the flood, but they just had to renovate them. But if you go down, and there's tunnels underneath there too, and, you know, all kinds of weird stuff you can mm. crawl around and find. So, it's, so it's he's a talking cool 1921. Yeah, 1921. So Not 1921, yeah. There was <laughs> no, no, the, a, a the tremendous, great flood of this year. The great flood of 1921. <laughs> um, there's some really great pictures down at uh, Water mm. Tower Place of 
the flood and we're in the we, county courthouse building too yeah, yeah. so a bunch. uh but we still talk it's just interesting that we still talk about a flood that's been that happened a hundred years ago well it's because we're basically in a high desert so the flood yeah. is weird <laughs> like, yeah. you know. that's fair yeah. um the el pueblo not el pueblo the heritage museum in pueblo also has some information yes some yeah displays on it yeah. so yeah it was it was crazy when you see and hear the accounts and the stories and what happened here. They had to build a levee um, to yeah. avoid that. But there's still flooding down there every once in a while um, downtown. You'll still have. Yeah, I think that's more of a drainage issue with the. It is. The, yeah. The, which happens everywhere. So did you move from somewhere to Pueblo? For yes. The position? Where I did. did you come from? I am originally from uh, Hernando, Mississippi. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I graduated college at um, Memphis State University, which is now the University of Memphis. Um, and then I just ran from the South as fast as I could. <laughs> just honestly, that's sorry to anybody that's listening in the Southern States. Um, but I was um, trying to find some place that was less racist and less prejudiced in general. Mm. And all the, if I just felt squashed there as a... Um, humanitarian, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I just started going and I ended up in Westcliff, Colorado and in Nederland, Colorado, and then um, back to Westcliff. And then uh, I ran the gift shop at Bishop Castle, which oh, is wow. a, oh, amazing yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, Castle Keepsakes was our invention. And uh, then um, I just decided that I needed to come down the mountain. And what year did you do that? Uh, 19, uh, 2001. Oh, 2001. 2001. Yeah, I did. I ran the shop from 1995 to 2001. Okay. Oh, 2001 wow. is when I came back to civilization. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So back to civilization. Um, Bishop's Castle, if you uh, don't know much about it or you've just heard the legends of it, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy. We actually ended up talking about it. We did a spooky episode in October and we talked a little bit about Bishop's Castle um, at that time. So, so I guess... Tell us a little bit, so tell us some stories about how, um, with the Alliance, you, you came on right as <laughs> there's big shutdown. How did you hold it all together? Um, from my couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we basically did, uh, you know, lots of Zoom meetings. Uh, it was all through technology. And um, luckily... Everybody there was, everybody that I had on hand at the time was really willing to rock and roll with it, to move however we needed to. Um, Cynthia Ramu works with our Impact Youth Program along with Katie Magby. And, um, well, Katie wasn't with us at the time yet, but Cynthia started um, kind of a Zoom workshop that we did live. Uh, we found these programs online. It was amazing because I've worked in video production and you can't get a switcher when I was in the business for less than $3,500. And now for $35 a month, you can do it online <laughs> mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. yeah, you're pointing to your amazing little switcher there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it was amazing to me to find these technologies. And we did these live classes three times a week. Um, we did workshops with anybody in town that needed programming for their digital um, output um, and then we still did a few uh, masked events and people okay. were very grateful to have a place to come out. It was always touch and go. And eventually we did get the five-star rating, um, you know, the safety procedures yeah. for COVID here in Pueblo. Um, <clears throat> but for a while there, the health department would just check over our plan and make sure we had a 
a way to keep everybody separate. And if we lock, we have a big parking lot, so we lock those gates and then you some people are inside the buildings and some people can be outside. So as long as the weather was holding, we did that. And then we just clinched. We, you know, we were constant contact with the health department. I don't think an art center is ever that yeah. closely connected with the health department. Yeah. So yeah. is um, Cynthia still heading the um, levy yes. project? Yes. Okay. I work with her on that. Also. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that was kind of sad to see that go. Cause I think I had like three or four paintings down there that, Got no demolished. Way. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. You yeah. should come redo or do something new. If I had the time, I would. <laughs> right now, that's, that's the, the thing. Part. Well, we just worked with the Downtown Association, the Pueblo Arts Alliance, to uh, do a fundraiser down there, and we've raised a little bit of money through that. And the Pueblo Conservancy District has set aside a little bit of money, so the artists aren't having to pay for everything themselves yeah. right now. We have a little bit of money to pay for paint down there. And that was what Cynthia did way back in the like. 94, 95, when I started doing it, it was um, you would volunteer with her program and you would go restore the murals down there. So there oh, was a nice. bunch of us art enthusiasts, teenagers, and we'd go help restore and then we'd get paint to go do our own thing and oh, stuff. So great. we did like, we did the the logos for the high school and a few other things down there. And it, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and for those that don't know, um, Pueblo had the longest running mural in the world and it started... I think back in the 60s, 60s or 70s. 70s, I want to say early 70s. Yeah, and it was the TE club. Is the, yes. the people, they would basically go down there and um, sneak down at night and paint these pictures on the, the cement levee that goes all the way through town. And they signed it TE, like T-E-E-E. Yeah. And um, finally, the city or county or whoever made the decision uh, opened it up because they were so afraid that somebody was going to fall into the river or get hurt something would happen. So they, they well, made it legal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did. Um, I, I fell a couple of times. On it <laughs> yes. It's like you're 15. You don't need any ropes, right? <laughs> yes. That, um, my friend Adele and I, Adele Aguilar works with me at the state fair in the gallery and she designed a mural of La Llorona because she used to do, um, she used to play La Llorona in the ghost walk. Mm -hmm. And so oh. we just finished putting La Llorona on the levee and, and the young people just walk down the side and I'm all harnessed up and yeah. holding onto yeah. my rope for dear life, right? But yeah. um, Katrina uh, was the reason why we lost your pieces. Because mm -hmm. after Katrina happened, the, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know the alphabet group that... The the letter agency. The letter agency that covers the FEMA, levies. It's probably FEMA. Possibly. Yeah. And but they changed the levy rules. And so our levy had to be adjusted to meet yeah. those rules. Oh. And so we had to wipe out some of the murals. Yeah, and and they didn't want to. I remember we met with them to ask if there was a way to get an exemption or whatever. There was some request from the city and we knew it wasn't possible, but they actually it might have been the BOR, I can't remember, whatever federal agency. Um, they really didn't want to take it down. Like they, they loved it. And uh -huh. that was like the pride of, of their network of rivers and levees and stuff. But oh, that's nice uh, to know. unfortunately it was, Had you know, something. Go. and there were, I know here in Pueblo, there were groups that, uh, documented everything, took pictures yes. of it and stuff, but the feds actually came out and documented it to put in the national archives as well. Really? Yeah. I and not many not people knew that. that. Yeah. It, it was weird. Cause there was, uh, a black van with you know government federal planes and these people coming out taking pictures of everything and flying drones and they're like what are they doing they're like oh no we're here just to preserve this and 
archive wow, and stuff. how beautiful. I'll have to let so, Cynthia know, make sure she yeah. knows that. Surely she does, but... Yeah, I, I mean, nobody knew. Like, she probably, she may not may, know, may but not. They, they actually did it, so... So the current world record, according to Guinness, is in, I believe, I want to say South Korea, um, and we're working to get it back. Um, we do have the longest mural in the United States, again, we're yeah. pretty sure, and we're about to get that. I don't think it's a Guinness record because that's the world, but it'll be local. It'll be it'll be yeah. in our. Yeah, and it, it was okay, yeah. interesting how they set that up, too, because it was the longest running mural, so they only counted a fraction of it. They didn't count the entire thing because really? there were breaks in it. Oh. And, and um, I think Frankfurt had one that they claimed was longer, but it was broken up because if you go to Frankfurt um, on the train, I think it's like an L train that you take, uh, it's like 20 miles long. I mean, it's huge, 20, 30 miles, wow. but it's split up. So you'll have like half a mile of it and then a half a mile of nothing and then a half a mile and stuff. Wow. That, that was just another previous life journeying around the world, seeing stuff. Well, I think it's important to Pueblo because we don't have something like the Royal Gorge and the yeah. levee with its size and um, attractiveness for other reasons, the hiking trails and the kayaking and the fishing can yeah. be that for us if we continue to um, work together to make it happen. Yeah. So the, the art scene in Pueblo, I've talked about it on the show before, um, compared, compared to what it was about 15, 20 years ago, it's really taken off the past few years. It seems to be more organized and actually um, a cohesive group that's accomplishing things. Whereas when I was younger it was basically that we didn't have a support you know yeah. we didn't have a support system if you wanted to do art locally it was like good luck right kind of thing you know you'd have the the art guild show once a year and then the state fair show and that was yes. basically it but now it, it's it's actually thriving here i think so yes yeah. there are several galleries in town we have blowback gallery which is kind of cutting edge and youthful and they have concerts inside and then you have still city artworks which is more um kind of the the bulwark of the industry mm -hmm. um and then you have artists like john wheelbar or michael boyd or rado mm -hmm. or the latkas that have um, blossomed out of pueblo and they've done work internationally and nationally so that brings more attention yeah. to the up-and-coming artists um i think i think we have about 12 galleries in pueblo mm -hmm. and one of the things that the arts alliance is working on is creating a, um, a gallery passport because there are tourists that go and look for outdoor murals or galleries and so if you um then we can encourage you to go to every gallery in yeah. Pueblo, check them out so that's yeah. something a future project that we hope to get off the ground soon and we actually have a theater scene here too now yes it was like we we had the impossible players when I was younger, um, and they're still doing their thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and then, but now there, it seems to be more. There's more options mm -hmm. and more things going on when it comes to theater. There's a lot of little improv groups going on. Mm -hmm. I can't even begin to name all of them. And there's also Steel City um, mm -hmm. Theater Company. And we had um, Damon Runyon for a little while, but I don't think that they're going right now. No, I don't think they are either. Um, PCC does a little bit of theater, Pueblo Community College. Uh, and uh, like I said, I think the biggest push is in the smaller groups that are performing in the restaurants and yeah. in different venues around town. Are, are they still doing the 24-hour film festival? Um, I don't think so. I think oh. Wake Up Pueblo has started a 48-hour film okay. festival, but I haven't seen the 24-hour film festival advertised in a while. Those yeah. hurt. 
Those hurt. I've yes, done they a do. few of them. And they hurt. <laughs> I have too. <laughs> yeah. They're so fun though, just, yes. just to see what comes out of them. Yes. You know? Yes. So where if if somebody was wanting to go see some of these galleries and um, just do some of the, the where does where does the performances happening and also where are the galleries at? So um, there there are a few spread out around town, but for the majority. Um, they're in what we call the Creative Corridor or adjacent to the Creative Corridor. And this is a designation that the Arts Alliance worked with the state and um, with local government officials to create. And it includes Mesa Junction, uh, Union Avenue, and Main Street areas. And uh, the majority of our galleries are on Union. And then we have a couple like Artisan Textiles is, on, is in the Mesa Junction. Um, we have And we have these great things that are happening. The places like Bite Me Cake Company are mm -hmm. opening up their walls for gallery space. And I just spoke with some folks over um, on the south side of town near the fair um, at a thrift store, and they're taking the back of their thrift store and turning it into an artist gallery. And they're very cool. excited about that. So um, I think I think you're right. I think we are moving into a new era. And we got the designation for the Creative Corridor in 20. 13 or 2012 and in 2013 our sales tax collection in this area started going up and it's been going up steadily since the creative corridor designation which is when you except saw COVID. yeah except for covid but that's when you saw more murals going up because yes. i remember forever it was impossible to get a mural just through the city and permitting or whatever yes and then um Oh, what's his name that, that painted a lot of them downtown? I can't remember. Right Matt Refik? Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. Um, you started seeing his popping up. And, and I remember there there's murals on some walls, especially downtown, where we tried to get it done in 2010, 2011. There's no way to do it. Like ah. the, the city, the downtown people wouldn't approve it. But then I think when he started doing them around, that's when it, it kind of blew up. You yeah. know, and, I think some people, especially business-minded people, are a little afraid of art and mm -hmm. artists because they're, um, and I think it's because artists are about breaking down boundaries, and, and we tend to look at them that way, but for a business person, that's a scary yeah. proposition. Right. What are you going to put on the side of my building? I can't. I can't have you anger a potential yeah. customer, right? Right. So I think once they realized that they could be beautiful bears or, yeah. you know, just a fruit salad scene or so, I'm just thinking of trying to think of some of the less innocuous yeah. and the more innocuous ones around town. Um, and they're, they don't hurt anybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's really so much nicer to look at than brick or cement. I mean, well, every cement surface should be covered, in my opinion, whether I like the art or not. I don't want to look at the cement. Well, we have, you know, as Action 22, we do a lot of events in Pueblo. And so people come from all over the state to be a part of those. And I've had so many times where, because um, I encourage people to get out while they're here. Yeah. I have set up time for that. And then they'll always ask, okay, tell us about the murals. And I'm like, I wish I knew. I don't have any idea. But um, if you go down, there's meals here, meals here, and then yeah. they'll go and I'll, I'll send them on a walk and I'll, I'll put it on a, like a photo scavenger hunt or something oh, nice. so that they can go around and see all of that. So I think the murals are a, a wonderful, yeah. wonderful addition. To, um, Pueblo to Bike Rentals is doing a, um, a mural biking tour. Oh, cool. tour oh that's now. really yeah, cool. They're great. And if you take that tour, they'll give a donation to the Arts Alliance. Too. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Definitely nice. awesome. Go on that tour, people. Yes, <laughs> right? go do the tour. See all of the 
there's some really interesting pieces. Yes, there are. And, and there, there's cultural ones too. People yes. don't realize if you go over on the east side, even the east of Pueblo, there's a lot of cultural murals through the neighborhoods yes. that are important. Yes. That have been there for a long time. Yes, historically, yeah. yes. And then they take, I'm really proud of the east side, they take care of their mur yeah. murals. Um, and it's something that we know that there's a lack of, that we need a mural map, co yes. comprehensive. So on the Pueblo Arts um, Alliance website, PuebloArts.org, we have a, a kind of interactive map um, by, um, I think it was Jen DeGroote who did it for a school project when mm -hmm. they were at CSU. And so it's, it's valid, but there are some that are gone now yeah. because it's been a little while, and there are some that are not on that map. So we're working with volunteers now to try to capture all those again and get them listed correctly right. so that they can be sent out to the state tourism organizations or you can access it easily when yeah. you have clients coming into town. No, we would love that. I would yeah. do, what a cool activity that would be to do as part of it is a well, part of it just for us, but also for any event that so, we did, but do a mural explorer, yeah. do a, you know, mm -hmm. the walk or whatever. Especially yes. with geotagging now, it's easier. Because yes. we tried yeah. to do it a while ago. It was before we had these things that we carry with us everywhere. And it was yeah. literally just taking pictures and printing out a map and putting a pin in them. But, so you've always been a tech person. You've been yeah, waiting yeah, on the tech to yeah. catch up to your ideas. Yeah, That's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. sure. That's great. Well, when we come back in a few minutes, we're going to visit um, a little bit more with Karen and talk about uh, what is in the future. For thing and how you're partnering with other communities to do a more regional approach to this, but also we're going to talk about the state fair because you're in charge of that as yes. well. So we'll be back in just a few minutes to talk about all the rest of the art that's happening in Pueblo. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. This episode of Making Action Happen is sponsored by Action 22's amazing energy leaders. Excel Energy, Colorado Rural Electric Association, Colorado Oil and Gas Association, Gil Romero and the Capital Success Group, Black Hills Energy, Nextera Energy, San Isabel Electric Association, Outshine Energy, Colorado Solar and Storage Association, Tri-State and 174 Power Global. Action 22 is a nonpartisan, membership-driven organization which serves as a voice for action on public policy for 22 southern Colorado counties on the state and federal level. We focus on how issues relating to Colorado legislation, local government affairs, health care, education, and natural resources intersect for the economic health of our region. If you're a leader in your community and are considering joining Action 22, you can get more information by emailing show at action22.org or visit our website at action22.org. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also reach out via email to sarah.blackhurst at action22.org. Now, back to Making Action Happen. Hi, welcome back. We're sitting here with Karen Fogelsong, who is the executive director for the Pueblo Arts Alliance. Um, and there's been a really some great things that have happened in the last few years in the art community here in Pueblo and around the entire region. But I've been particularly interested in how every the artist community has sort of gotten through it. And you guys seem to be thriving in spite of COVID. Um, and we were just talking about all the really great things um, that you're doing. So tell us a little bit. There's been a, a real uptick in um, this arts alliance movement throughout the region. We've seen some of these artist corridors, these creative corridors going mm-hmm. up in places like Trinidad, yes. Canyon City, here, um, all of the all of these things. So how is that working with other communities and how has the state support, has been supporting you on that? Because I know that there's been some funding for that too. Yes, so there's the um, Colorado Creative Industries is the backer behind um, the corridors and they are associated with Colorado Tourism Organization. Mm -hmm. And so those entities have really been working hard at a state level to pull in federal funding and distribute that around the state. And they really make a focus at um, rural communities like Trinidad who usually are left out Mm -hmm. of like Um, big federal grants because they don't have the numbers to support um, being supported by those bigger entities. So uh, uh, they do a lot of programming. Like there's a one, and I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of it, but there's one program where they bring all of the rural groups together with granting agencies who are open to granting in a small area and they connect them directly with those people. And I, I think that's a beautiful program. Pueblo is a little bit too big to be a part of that. Just We're just over the edge. But, um, but Pueblo does act as a regional hub um, for all of these out, smaller outlying communities. This is basically where they come shopping for their groceries right. or you know bigger ticket items. And also where their artists can um, get into one of the local colleges or work with our arts organization. Um, so we are in touch with like um, the Art Arcade in Trinidad um, right. or um, 
I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of all these organizations oh, no. that we work with. There's a lot. Of drawing yeah. a blank, but we do work with many of them around. And like Katie Magby, who works with our Impact Youth Organization, also teaches in Canyon City. And so there's lots of links out to smaller communities. I used to teach dance in Westcliff and do theater in Westcliff, right? Right. So. Part of the reason it seems like artists are thriving right now after COVID is although they lost sales, artists also oftentimes work alone. And so mm -hmm. when they're suddenly shut down, they were painting like crazy. I've talked yeah. to many oh. artists that painted 60, 70 pieces of work while they were shut in or wrote 10 new songs or recorded this. And so as things are opening back up, they have inventory that they're pushing. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a seeming thriving to it, but they were struggling during COVID. Yeah, but so it was that was sort of a break to create. Yes, yeah. You can't sure. go to work, you can't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. So hey, I was very jealous of people that um, were take like, I'm gonna take ukulele lessons. Like, I'm still <laughs> going to work, so. Yeah. We were the same way. Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of people I was jealous of and we worked just as hard, if not more during that than we, we had before, but that's sort of the nature of the nonprofit world yes. is we're hearing a whole lot of, of that. Yes. So let me ask you this, because I hear this almost every day from any of our friends who are running nonprofits. A lot of the directors are having that fatigue, that nonprofit fatigue, where they're trying to make up for the previous year and they're trying to do all of that right now. How, how have you been with that? Um, well, it's, that fatigue is all kind of mixed in with working at the state fair also at the same time. <laughs> so I don't know that I can differentiate between it. But it is, um, it has been difficult. But I was very aware through all of it, whether or not people appreciate art as um, an academic, I know for a fact that creative, exposure to creative activities um, Kind of buoy our psyche and um, if we want to go outside of science our souls as all as well and so i knew what we were doing was very important it was very important for us to push and have a chalk art festival at bingo burgers parking lot while everybody was shut down because the few people that could drive by could see normality right yeah. um, one of the things that helped me get through was eric saracino was painting a mural on the like the beauty salon building on 4th Street, mm -hmm. oh, okay. um, Come just as you come over the bridge. And every day I went to work, I was like, the world's going to be okay. He's painting. He's still He's, going. The creativity is still happening. We're not so shut down that we can't still paint, you know? Yes. So that's, and I felt like that was very important for us throughout all of it. Um, at the end, as people start hitting their Zoom fatigue, we started losing, um, participants in our online workshops and things and some of my um, people that I work with would come to me and say why are we doing this it doesn't seem like and I said it's very important that we continue to do this mm -hmm. whether they come or not right this is there and it helps to create this feeling of humanity is still here mm -hmm. yes. right we're still moving forward we don't want to devolve into like some dystopia world right and the arts help to make us feel like we're human and we're connected and we keep going. So that leads into my favorite thing of the State Fair, which is the art show. Oh, right. That, yes. That's there every year. It's um, my favorite part too. Right? Yeah, it is. Yes, that's the only thing I want to see. There. <laughs> <laughs> I told her the same thing yesterday, that that's really what I, anymore, that's what I go to the fair for. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
How, how were the submissions this year for it? Well, okay, in 2019, we had about 430 submissions, mm -hmm. and no, I'm lying. 2018, 430. 2019, we hit 750 around, wow. and we were very excited. So this year, we are back down to the about 430, 440 place. Okay. So we're, it's kind of normal, because 2019 was this big yeah. jump. Um, we were hopeful that we would have more, but from what I'm hearing around town, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a lot of people at the grand opening tonight. Okay. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, and we saw the quality of art definitely has this kind of abulent quality to it because people were locked up painting like that, crazy. Yeah. That was my next question. How did the shutdown and being locked up affect artwork? And um, well, one good thing about being shut down was that FEMA was renting the building that the gallery happens mm -hmm. in. And so oh. we were able to paint the entire building white this year. Good. Right, we were way late getting into the building because of COVID and everything. Right. So it kind of squished everything. But everything is white, which is amazing. Um, because in the past, we had this kind of beige color yes. on one side. And every year we would try to match this color, but it's deteriorating. It's and impossible. So we had done everything we could do to like angles and stripes and, you know, and still your focus was still on the art, but yes. now it's all gone and it's all white. It's all white. Yes. The floor too? No, the floor, floor still, still it's blue. gray. Kind okay. of, kind yeah, of blue, blue gray. gray. Yeah, yeah. That industrial cement yes. color. Yes. Shop paint. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, basically, because in the winter that building is um, indoor archery and indoor mm -hmm. horseshoe. So literally when we get the building and, when we start gearing for fair, the first thing we do is pull arrowheads out of the walls. <laughs> you know? so, and I think this is beautiful. This shows this is that a community is building. So yeah. Pueblo. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's using it and we just take turns and we keep rotating, you know? So and when they come back, the walls are all pristinely white again and they can shoot arrows at them. And they can shoot arrows. So, so next year can I just bring in some frames and do an installation and just put a frame around the arrowheads? Oh, the oh, that, I've, I've thought about that. I think yeah, that would yeah. be neat. I think we should one year yeah. at least. But I'm not allowed to enter any art because I'm mm. the coordinator, so I haven't yeah. been able to do that. So yeah. maybe you should come do that. Them. Yes. So tell me about the installation this year. Um, so it's gone really smoothly. We've had um, Pueblo Community College um, does an internship with us mm -hmm. and brings several interns. This year we had uh, four, and I'm not going to name them because I can't remember everybody's That's name. <laughs> but Anna, um, not their full name. Anna Reskovich um, is the teacher at PCC that okay. leads that class. And they were very helpful. They did the entire emerging hang. And uh, my partner and I like, kind of give them an idea of what our themes are or what, we're, what the look is we're looking for. And then they um, facilitate that. And we do the professional side and the kind of overall room. Um, and it's been going really well. It, it's actually gone so well that I've had a few panic attacks because... I'm waiting like on the other yeah, shoe to fall. Too, too <laughs> yes. smooth. Right? Yes, something yeah. is wrong. I'm knocking on wood right now. Yeah. Um, well, it opens tonight, so it's yes. just too late to panic. At it's this too point. late yeah. to panic. It's uh, five o'clock is is D time. I, I time. so know that feeling doing events and stuff. You just have that, and I'll I do the same thing. It's so yeah. funny that you say that. Yeah. Because I I can almost time it exactly yeah. when I'm going to have the panic attack. Right. So yes. I imagine that every year when you do this, because I always go in and I pick what I like and pick, you know what I mean, what's my favorite or what yeah. stands out to me. And I remember 
there's one that I just was so in love with so many, it was a photograph so many, and it was years ago. I don't even remember the artist or who it was, but I was so like struck by this That's wonderful. photograph. Yeah. Um, but you always have to go and my dad and I would go in and we pick our favorites and we do the whole thing. Yeah. So this year, I know you can't say who your favorite was, but was there anything that you were really struck by that you weren't expecting this year that was sort of like, Whoa. Yes, there was a piece by a local artist named Sam Ingo that when he pulled it out of his bag, I had this kind of spiritual moment yeah. with it. And it, it was really strange for me because I'm not usually attracted to digitally created art. Mm -hmm. I'm usually more um, organic, created. Um, and I, I don't have anything against digital art. That's not what right. I'm saying. I just don't necessarily have a connection. But this is, it had some kind of it grabbed my soul, is yeah. what I would say. Yeah. And I, I really want to buy this piece. <laughs> so I'm hoping I can get a hold of it. That's so tell me about the piece. Um, it's, it's really intricate, thin lines that are multicolored, and you can't quite tell what you're looking at. Uh, sometimes you see a face, um, but the whole thing seems to kind of mm, rotate in on itself like a tube torus. I don't know if anybody mm -hmm. knows what that is, yeah, but yeah. Um, it just keeps, it looks like it has movement in it and it's very stagnant. It's stunningly it's beautiful. Yes. It's in the back room. If you come tonight, oh, I'll show yeah. you. <laughs> You'll yeah. probably be like, okay, whatever. But, <laughs> you know. No, I, I just imagine that every year there's something that just sort of grabs you. Yeah. And then there's the ones that you keep forever. Yes. Or there's the ones that. Yes, yeah. there are some that I hope I never see again. <laughs> but um, there are um, what my experiences every year I pick different judges from different areas because we try to keep that rotating so right. that if you weren't picked because ultimately judging art yes there are principles and elements of design that you're going to look at but ultimately it comes down to a personal preference mm -hmm. sure what you're into what you don't like the, even if you're trying to be fair those things will still influence your judging so if we keep the judges rotating, then it doesn't feel so stagnant in that way. And um, this year, I picked, I picked, I do this every year, but this year they didn't pick anything that I picked up, nothing. Hmm. Like I go through and go, really? that should be first place, that one, that yeah. one, that one, every class, nothing. Nothing Not a that single you piece. <laughs> Not a single piece. Is that the first time that that's happened? It's the first time it's been completely across the board. But usually really? they pick go huh. away from some. It just shows you how subjective art is. You no, know? it's, it's just, well, and I think probably the judges are going to come from a different, um, like a mindset has changed in the last little bit. I was telling mm -hmm. you on the break about my friend who has turned into an artist. I mean, she does this, all this really great dresses, but then she was just feeling like she needed to dump, do a creative dump. She literally throws paint at dresses and then they become a print like you can have the fabric printed and she's oh, wow. there's this been this big write-up but you know when you look at it and if you know her and she's like this really sweet <laughs> positive never a negative word um and then you see these dresses you're like whoa because ah. it's like black and dark grays and purples and it's not they're not like happy do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I imagine that that sort of the mindset of everybody has changed a little bit. And that's going to reflect. That could be, yes. Um, 
One, one theme that I saw that I'm curious about this year, and there, there often is like an animal theme, like one year we'll mm-hmm. get elephants, like, you know, humans, we all think we're so unique, but really we're kind of on this similar mm-hmm. wavelength. Um, but this year we got animals paired with stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in my mind, to me, it speaks to the fact that we feel some level of responsibility as a species for the lack of environment these animals are having because they're very poignant they're Mm -hmm. not like i've got my favorite toy they're like one of one piece has a polar bear coming up out of the water onto melting ice and there's a like a polar bear stuffed animal that's all collapsed Mm -hmm. and Really? They're, he's looking, the polar bear is looking at it. And, like, it gives, see, I got chills just talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It made me cry the first time I saw it. Um, so there's there's some level of depth in there. But I don't know that we, there's always artists that are contemplating forever or mm-hmm. some philosophical aspect. Um, but I, I do think that that's an interesting, I think that that living paired with the non-living estimate of a thing is coming out of the contemplated contemplation forced contemplation of covid yeah i think that i but that's just my opinion like i have no scientific no <laughs> no but that's the that lens is yes. so unique you guys always have a really great mm-hmm. sculpture mm-hmm. installation what is it this year um, this year, I think it's Eric McHugh's um, I Didn't Mean to Take It, and um, it's a, it also won a Best of Show in our, like, overall in the professional, and it's a, a beautiful, like, stick metal man that's kind of in a position with his head down, and he's just holding a heart up, like he accidentally oh. stole your heart. And it just, it, for a few pieces of metal, it really does create a conversation with the person that's talking to you. It's amazing. Oh, that is amazing. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for you I can't, to see it. I'm excited about that. So tell us um, a little bit about your vision, what um, the art world or the art community is going to look like in the next few years. How's that going to develop? What's it going to look like? Oh, gosh. Like my hopes and dreams or what? Yeah, let's hear your vision. And well, why do you think it's realistic? So my hopes and dreams, like I said earlier, I would love to see all cement surfaces covered with something. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that's just my personal dream. I see us um, working together with other agencies outside of um, the art world um, because so we, we kind of have a windfall of money right now in the nonprofit world because of um, the federal government and many of our um, kind of giving organizations in the country trying to help people survive COVID. Mm-hmm. But what happens next, right? So they've, everybody's emptied their extra coffers to help people get through COVID. So the next phase is going to be a tighter purse string, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that I think we're going to get through that is by partnering with health solutions or um, you know, definitely the art organizations like partnering with the Sangre de Cristo Art Center yeah. or the Art Guild or something along those lines, but also reaching out across the corridor and working with the health organization or the Rape Crisis Center. Or We've partnered many times with El Pueblo Museum. Um, we've also, Art Impact Youth has done uh, working on a project with Stop the Stigma and that's a local organization. Actually, I think they go beyond, but we have a local chapter with Stop the Stigma. Um, 
And like, so the levy, you have to be 18 years old now to go out there and paint. So Impact has figured out a way that the youth group can work on this stuff, the stigma sign, by bringing in an artist that works with stencils and the students are helping to make the stencils and then the artist will take those stencils out and put the image on the levy. Oh, wow. So I see more of that cross-pollination happening in, the, in Pueblo itself and I think it's going to happen around the country also. Well, one thing, um, we work with Mount Carmel on a lot of stuff, and they're a, a veteran service organization out of mm. Colorado Springs, soon to be Pueblo and Trinidad, and they had their veterans art show uh, a couple weeks ago, and the VA was really pushing that too, and it, it's weird because that's not the, the organization, like the, the Veterans Administration wouldn't be the organization that you think would latch on to that. Mm. I know... Um, some of the other, like the GSA, like they have an art program for federal buildings. And when yeah. I had a federal office, they'd send us art, and, you know, all this. But the VA has switched more to art is important, it's cathartic, and it's it's a very important piece of the healing process. Yeah. And every VA veteran service office that I've been in now, it's filled with art. Yes. And um, and I, I think that's that shows something of it. Because, you know, people say, say you know, when, when budget cut cuts come, they cut art first, art, art yeah. first, but they don't realize that it's so important, especially yes. for our children, that creative outlet. And then it, it teaches you to think and yes. function and be analytical. Uh, don't get me started on all the surveys about how creative thinking helps analytical yeah. thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I just think it's so silly that we're debating over which is best. So yeah. come on, yeah. we're human. We need them both. Let's yeah. just work on both. Um, but like music and mathematical skills yes. or proportion in a piece or with theater, I'm constantly trying to get people to understand that like in Pueblo, I was not teaching the next Johnny Depp. Yeah. It's like I could have been, but it's unlikely. Yes. Right. So what I was really doing is helping these people to of different religions, of different genders, of different socioeconomic backgrounds to work together to meet a deadline. And we always did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we always did. And uh, that's the happiest thing about art. Any form of art practice to me is that people have to work together if they want to see the finished product. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, and they have to be empathetic together, too. Empathetic which, together. Which a lot of people think that artists are more empathetic, but a lot of times I, I've found is they're not. They, they can be isolated. Yeah, yeah yes. they're very isolated. And, yeah. and if any group needs to learn that, it would be art students and theater <laughs> right. students. You know. Well, I mean, it helps with, um, you do a theater project and it takes your mind off of the stress of nursing, but it also keeps teaching you to work together yeah. and work with other people, you know? And what you're saying about therapy is absolutely true. It is, people have realized that when budgets get cut, yes, we cut art, but how inexpensive is it to go buy some paintbrushes and paint and let your people work on a theme? Yeah. No, it's so, it's such a, and it's on a same sort of line of thinking. Um, we've been having a lot of discussions about how some of these art funds should be spent. Mm -hmm. And so they have this pot of money and how it should be spent. And um, I want to scream, don't worry about the necessities, work on how we see ourselves. Right. And how powerful it is. So, uh, one of our good friends has this idea about putting a gondola in. Oh, yes. I'm like, yeah, totally do that. You should totally do that. 
because it's about how you see ourselves, but yeah. the art is the same thing. It's a, a reflection of how we see ourselves. Yes. And the better that we do that, don't you think is what's going to change? I think is the better we can interact with one another, the less likely we are to blow each other up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. I do. The, and, right. And just, um, I don't think art is the answer to all issues. I'm not, I'm not that person. But right. I do think that it is an integral part of being a human being, period. There's yes. no, like, it's not special to be an artist. I think you have artistic talent. You have creative talent. I have creative talent. Everybody should be doing some something to let, to like your friend who got this, she's probably all happy and positive because she got all this gunk out mm-hmm. yeah. on the fabric Yes. And it's great. And other people are relating to that. They have to look at her, look at her work, and then go, how does this go together? Or even if they don't know her, they have to look at her work and go, what, is, what does this mean? Why yes. am I attracted to it? Why am I um, feeling repelled by it? <laughs> you know, those are, those are questions that make you look at yourself again. So self-knowledge. Yeah. And then if you can find some way to relate to it, then you've created a relationship with a stranger. You don't even know them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I say to my kids on a pretty regular basis. I say, I don't care what you create, but you have to understand that creation is a God power and it's your responsibility to develop that. That's great. Because that's what it is. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I want a bumper sticker that says that creativity (laughs) is a God power. It is. You have to develop that and you have to do it. It's such an important part. Okay. So tell us about, um, so tonight's your opening night. Yes. Um, tell us about fair. that for the state fair. If you wanted to go, have, is it too late to? No, it is not too late to go. So it, tell us all about it. It's too late to, to enter your art. I'm not hanging any more art, but <laughs> you come look at the art. And it starts at five and it ends at eight tonight. And for the first time ever, we have a cash bar. Um, so I'm kind of um, excited and nervous to see what's going to happen with that. Um, and PCC, Public Community College, um, sets up a beautiful um, kind of snack layout for everybody. Um, we have Grupo Folklorico de Pueblo, who is going to be giving us living sculptures oh, cool. um, tonight oh, really? from their dance troupe. And Dragon Dojo has some aerialist, aerial dancers that are going to perform oh, tonight. Nice. So I totally just blew off what I, the other thing I was going to do tonight so I can be there. Oh, awesome. Do I have to buy tickets to the gate? No, you do not. The, um, the fair is not open tonight. Okay, mm-hmm. so the only thing open on the fair grounds is the art gallery, and you should come in through the Beulah Gate um, and just come on over to the art gallery. Just come on in, and we'll kick you out when, when it's 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, starting tomorrow, the fair opens. Tomorrow's right. the first night of the fair, and then you have to pay to get into the fair before you can come to the right. Fine Arts Gallery. It's kind of an exhibit or a... I like to think of it as the ride, as a ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's my ride. <laughs> but please come on out and join us. We'd love to have you, and we'd love to um, see what kind of conversations you have with the art. I'm. I'll be there tonight. Are you going to go? Uh, not tonight, actually. My daughter is in a play, so she's practicing oh. tonight. So oh. that's a wonderful yeah, excuse. Yeah, she, <laughs> she kind of <laughs> she she didn't get the role she wanted, but she got the narrator of the oh. play. And I told her, I was like, no, that's huge, that's Violet. Deal. Like, you're going to be on stage talking the entire time. And then she, you know, she was kind of heartbroken. And then when she talked to the teacher, he's like, no, this is the, the driving force of the play. And you're going to have the most speaking time. And well, that's so she's pretty excited now. As a youth director, my first thought was that she probably had a really clear 
crisp speaking voice. She does. And the director was like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she does. And yeah. so she's, she's excited. So, so um, all right. So with that, we, um, we're out of time. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see everybody who are friends and fans at uh, the Legislative Barbecue tomorrow night. And then we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Making Action Happen. Be sure to join your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain, for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.